Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 22nd of March 2013. For newcomers, I always suggest you make good use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and you'll find this big system in there and how it works, how it started up and where it's all going to go. Everything's managed by intelligentsia basically, big foundations that are tax-free, they have trillions of dollars, they pretend they're philanthropic of course and they push all the radical agendas and they have done for a hundred years. They are the parallel governments, uh, they put their own members into government in fact and, uh, and bureaucracies too across the world. Bureaucrats are very important because they know their agendas, they're put in there for life till they retire and uh, they can get a lot done in there. They're, it's much, much better than the political guys that come and go. So anyway, help yourself to that. You'll find out why the system is the way it is, where it's all going, why things are happening today that you just don't understand. They seem crazy, in fact, but you understand you have to live, you're living through a new, a new world order, the century of change and all that stuff, Agenda 21 from the United Nations, all manifestations of ideas were planted a long, long time ago to bring in this controlled society by the intelligentsia working on behalf of the big, big international banking boys, the economists that decide that they have the right to rule the world and always did because they're the ones who really started doing statistics in the first place a long, long time ago and managing world's economies and countries' economies and the wars and all the rest of it. So that's where you are today. It's, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, it's the open secret as H.G. Wells called it because he actually wrote, wrote about that. He called it the open secret. Just look it up and read it. Everything's published. It's just that the general public don't get wind of it because it ends up in, in books, end up in the library, very dusty old books, never read. And they do legally tell you where they're taking you, and you acquiesce to it by your silence. That's a legality. Most, most things are done by that, by that very method. You, you simply say, oh, oh, well, I don't understand that, and it's out your head. But you said nothing, you didn't complain, therefore you, you accept it by, by your silence. So so you have to set up the website. Remember too, you the audience that bring me to you so you can keep me ticking along here. Hopefully, maybe, if you can uh, buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com or donate. And remember, from the US to Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office. Or you can send cash or use PayPal. And across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram and PayPal. Straight donations are seriously, seriously welcome as you go through austerity and hyperinflation and all the, the other planned things to bring you in to a post-consumerist society because that's what it's all about. Everything's happening on cue the way it was designed to do and at the same time they're changing lots of other things too. All normalities have to be destroyed, you understand, according to the Frankfurt School and that's exactly what's happening today. All normalities that kept the old systems going, the old cultures vibrant and alive and pretty safe have to be destroyed to make room for the, the dominant minority that took over and it's, it manifests in your face today under the guise of science, of course. Science, of course, is a t- technique where you can argue with science even though we're watching global warming uh, getting uh, pushed and pushed and pushed as we freeze our butts off at home. 
So again, believe uh, the science or your, your lying eyes or your shivering skin. It's up to you. So as I say, help yourself to the websites and uh, and really you should start downloading stuff too because you don't know how long it's going to last with all the laws getting pushed out with those that are authorised to be out there and the ones who are not because that's the big censorship that's being passed in Britain and other countries and it'll, it'll be across the board within a week or two, I'm sure, as all the so-called, so-called British Commonwealth countries follow suit. Australia's already doing it and Britain's passed it all and even the regular media, which of course has always been on board with the big agenda is now censoring their, their personal opinions about particular people and politics, stuff like that. So expect more trivia for your mainstream news. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about the big system. And you think, of course, all you get really, you can't really think about things. Most folk don't really think about the news we're given. I've, I've, I've talked about articles over the years and read from articles and, and studies I've done at universities and so on over how people really think because we're, we're the most studied creature on the planet. We always have been for thousands of years, not the animals or how ants have sex or anything like that. It's about all about people because, after all, you have to manage the people first before you can manage anything else. And believe you me, we are, we're the most studied and most managed uh, creature on the planet, and more so today because, uh, as I say, I've gone into the history of what was often called socialism. Before that was Marxism, and then it was called socialism. And the, the whole intent of socialism, and what surprised me too is how it got off the ground in Marxism too, with multimillionaires and international bankers financing it all. That should give you a clue as, as to the fact that, that the whole idea of Marxism was a front for something else. And the same with socialism too. But of course you must get the mob or the people on to back you up and, and be all for you by hitting things that are actually true. Like why, are, why is the government keeping certain amounts of people in poverty and things like that? So they use real things to get laws passed that don't end up helping the people at all. They end up simply bringing the newcomers in that take over and dominate you all. That's what it's all about. Because dominant minorities have always been here and Aldous Huxley talked about them. And he says he didn't see why. There would always be... A a dominant minority might not always be the same one, but there's always because there's, a, there's different rivalries going on down through history. But today it seems to be consolidated into one dominant minority that runs everything. And of course, they use the guise of science to run everything today, as I said before. And now I've gone through the history of the Frankfurt School that was really came out of Germany. And the guys fled from Germany when, when uh, the Nazis got in, and uh, they set up in the States. And the whole idea was to take over, uh, after studying uh, the culture of America and seeing they didn't like it very much, that they would alter it all. And they got permission to do so by the president of the U.S. at the end of World War II. And their idea was to change the, the culture so much uh, that uh, uh, Nazism couldn't possibly arise in the U.S. That was the excuse that was given. It was an excuse. But also the, the Britain and elsewhere, and the US United Nations to, to get the, their agendas through. And they had many, many front organizations working with them and the big foundations financing them and working with them to make all this happen. Now, here's a partial truth that they put out sometimes in, in different papers. And it says that the sordid origin of hate speech laws. 
And it says, all Western European countries have hate speech speech laws. In 2008, the EU, the European Union Parliament, adopted a framework uh, decision on combating racism and xenophobia that obliged all member states to criminalize certain forms of hate speech. Now remember, xenophobia is something which is, uh, anthropologists use the term all the time, and so do historians, as we go down through the cultures and the different countries and so on, that specifically like their own culture and don't like anybody, any outsiders. Certain cultures are very collectivist, other ones are individualistic, and the ones that were in, say, America, for instance, and Europe were more individualistic cultures. You might belong to a culture, but most folk worked individually, even in their businesses and so on. They didn't form massive combines, it was unlikely for them to do it. But certain other people do, and other cultures do form massive combinations, and of course they naturally take over and dominate individualistic cultures, back by their ability to accumulate incredible money and work together. So anyway, it says that obliged all member states to criminalize certain forms of hate speech. It says on the other, other side of the Atlantic, the Supreme Court of the U.S. has gradually increased and consolidated the protection of hate speech under the First Amendment. Now, it doesn't tell you the groups that brought forth the idea and kept it going uh, under uh, on hate speech. But if you go through the history of it, you'll find it up there if you do a search on hate speech and its foundations and so on, and different ones that were passed by whom. And it says the European concept of freedom of expression thus prohibits certain content and viewpoints, whereas with certain exceptions, the American concept is generally concerned solely with direct incitement likely to result in an overt act of lawlessness. So in other words, turning people against a particular group or whatever uh, in, in an act of violence. So it's two different kinds here. The U.S. basically bans any kind of contradiction to the political correctness of the of the new Soviet, which is really what the, the EU is. And they, they actually, the, the America has turned into the same thing, really. But And this article is from 2011. But it says, the origin of hate speech laws has been largely forgotten. Now, there's a partial truth going to be told here. It says, the divergence between the U.S. and European countries is of comparatively recent origin. In fact, the U.S. and the vast majority of Europeans and Western states were originally opposed to the internationalization of hate speech laws. Now, again, the U.S. is saying Europe were individualistic cultures, remember. Meaning, you might belong to a culture and a country, but, but people worked on that. You didn't have had so many obligations to, to be a collective and a collective idea, with the same opinion on everything. And it says here, European states in the U.S. shared the view that human rights should protect rather than limit freedom of expression. After all, if you start limiting it, you're under totalitarianism and tyranny. And you are. You always will be. That's how it's always been when you bring in hate laws. Because very powerful organizations, very powerful organizations and totalitarian organizations have done this in the past. They take over and they'll tell you that up is down and down is up and you better repeat it or else you're in a slammer. Very simple. It says, rather the introduction of hate speech prohibitions into international law was championed in, the, in its heyday by the Soviet Union and its allies. This is, so there's a partial truth, because in the U.S. and elsewhere, it was people who were more than just fellow travelers with the Soviet system. Uh, they actually had even members of the family running the Soviet Union uh, in the Politburo, many of them. Anyway, it says, their motive was readily apparent. The communist countries sought to exploit such laws to limit free speech, so you couldn't complain about communism, you see, and the Soviet system. And it says here, as Americans, Europeans and others contemplate the dividing line emerging on the extent to which free speech should be limited to criminalize the defamation of religions and Islamophobia, 
Launched by the member states of the Organization of the Islamic Conference since 1999, they should bear this forgotten history in mind. However well-intended, and its initial proponents were anything but well-intended, and that's true. Remember, the whole idea of hate speech and prohibition of saying anything and limiting free speech was came out of the Soviet Union and those allies that worked with it and, and inside all your governments and your countries. Very powerful people, too, and wealthy. And it says the Western acceptance of hate speech laws severely limits the ability of liberal democracies to counter attempts to broaden the scope of hate speech laws under international human rights laws with potentially devastating consequences for the preservation of free speech. This is freedom of expression and hate speech. This is the non-binding Universal Declaration of Human Rights, again out of the United Nations, right? Adopted in 1948. Does not include an explicit duty to prohibit hate speech. Article 19 simply secures freedom of opinion and expression. That's most important. However, the drafting history shows that the issues of hate speech regulation and restrictions on free speech were frequently discussed. During the negotiations of Article 19, the drafters faced the challenge of whether, and if so, to what extent, freedom of expression should tolerate even intolerance. The majority of states favoured a robust protection of free speech, such as that set out in the US proposal, and they give you the, the document here, which read, There shall be freedom of speech, of the press, and of expression by any means whatsoever. However, the Soviet Union continuously proposed various amendments aimed at prohibiting expressions of intolerance. The first UK proposal on the wording of an article aimed at securing freedom of expression recognized, like the Soviet proposal, the possibility for states to limit this right in the interest of national security uh, against incitement to violence and disorder and obscene publications, whereas the UK proposal expressed doubts about the possibility of including publications aimed at suppressing human rights. But the UK did recognize a danger that these words would afford a wider power for the limitation of freedom of publication than is necessary or desirable. They found that it would be inconsistent for a Bill of Rights, whose whole object is to establish human rights and fundamental freedoms, to prevent any government, if it wished to do so, from taking steps against publications whose whole object was to destroy the rights and freedoms, which is, I suppose, of the the purpose of the bill to establish. Understand how they can use any law to turn it against you, in fact. At first glance, this proposal may seem wholly reconcilable with the efforts of the Soviet Union. Yet two elements of the UK position differed so crucially from the Soviet one. First, the UK states that the right of government to impose the necessary restrictions is to be interpreted as strictly confined to such publications as advocate the use of violence. And second, that no government is obliged by the bill to make use of the powers of limitation. In other words, limitations on free speech advocated by the UK were first, with a few exceptions, dependent on the advocacy of violence, and thus mere expressions of uh, intolerance would not in themselves be punishable, and second, held that there should be no human rights obligation to prohibit such expression. Now, all this stuff is a partial truth. It doesn't go into the, to the organizations in the U.S. and Britain that pushed. It was always at the forefront to limit freedom of speech. And also, too, as I mentioned yesterday, I put up again tonight about the laws um, to do with Levison inquiry and, and the Levison bill that went through Britain there that's going to prohibit a lot of uh, even personal opinions from, from reporters on any article that they're actually reading whatsoever or, or writing about. And so it's all changed once again. Understand you're going under tyranny step by step, and this is the last straw, really.
You'll notice too, as Orwell has said, some are more, some people are more, uh, have more freedoms and rights than such utopias, etc. Some are more equal than others when it comes to who can say what and who can't. It's very, very important to understand. Now, getting back to the Frankfurt School and so on, and um, it says here that uh, there's a petition. Now, now psychiatry, I should probably get into petitions about psychiatry. You've got to remember that psychiatry was launched by the same people who backed up Marxism and communism as a technique under the guise of science to start altering the people's opinions and so on and make them subject subject to a new profession that would have authority in law. Because law always asks scientists what they think now, you notice, about anything at all. It's very important you understand this. We're back with more. I think there's music there. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, talking about the system and where it's going and how it got here. But, and going through too about how from the Soviet uh, era, even, even before it was the Soviet, there's groups pushing uh, and coming forward to try and invent something which would be a, regarded as a science. And I've gone through the history of Freud and others that came after him, and even of course in a few occasions too, uh, I've got the archive section at cuttingthroughmates.com. You'll find uh, all the articles I read on Bernays, that was a nephew of Freud, who came up with how to create the new consumer society for Britain, and then worked, uh, even before he died, on the post-consumer society. Not for Britain, for America, I should say, and for the West. And it's all related. It's all related to that, and communism, and to hate speech and so on. Because in, in Russia, I remember, in the Soviet system, if you criticized anything in the Soviet system at all, or even articles that you read, put out as propaganda, you were classed as mentally insane. And literally, that was it, quicked off to, to, to the psychiatric loony bin, because after, you had to be insane to criticize such a utopia. That's how the simple justification went. And you have the same people, a lot of the same people that were dedicated to die-hard uh, die Soviet types and communist types, socialism types, running the world today on behalf of their masters who run the capitalist system, who haven't figured it out. And uh, as I say, the Frankfurt School was one of the, the main ones. They brought lots of guys over from Eastern Europe during the 30s and put them straight into universities across America and elsewhere. And they were vouched for by existing fellow travelers in the U.S. and Britain and elsewhere. And they got professorships, even though they weren't qualified for them. And they brought in all of this new socialist ideas under the guise of science, social studies, and all the rest of it. And here we are today. Anyway, uh, this is all linked together because... Uh, psychiatry, as I say, wants to be one of their main, main uh, scientific techniques to rein in the opinions and the attitudes and the behavior of everyone across the world that we remade because the Frankfurt School said that anyone who um, criticized being taken over by another group, this other group, was that were actually insane. That's where they launched psychiatry, if you didn't know the history of it. That's why Freud said when he, they were poaching in the boat to uh, New York, Harbour, he said, we're bringing a plague to America. Psychiatry was to be a plague. And so much can be done under the guise of psychiatry. Now, the DSM, the big manual, the Bible of psychiatry, has just been updated again. Very important stuff. 
And it's, uh, and I'll start off with a petition against the DSM-5. It's been launched now. And this petition is from Britain. There's a couple of them in the States as well. It's a group of British mental health professionals has issued a statement of concern about the reliability, the validity and safety of the DSM-5. The publication of the statement is reported in the Times. And it says, um, the concerns that professionals list are that DSM-5 includes many diagnostic categories with questionable reliability which may lead to misleading assumptions about their scientific validity. This is going to be, this is the Bible. And remember, all the lawyers are using this now, all the judges are using this stuff. And whatever the psychiatrist says is the law, folks. They've got murderers off under the guise of using neuroscience, which is a form of psychiatry, if you don't know. It says, um, also, it did not receive much needed and widely requested external scientific review. No, they rammed it through. Because it's, it's for social change, that's what it's for may compromise patient safety through the implementation of lowering diagnostic thresholds and the introduction of new diagnostic categories that do not have sufficient empirical backing. They've been made up for political purposes. May result in the mislabeling of mental illness in people who would fare better without a psychiatric diagnosis because there's a wide variety of personalities in the world and it's not classified as insane. At least at the moment, maybe it's changed now, may result in unnecessary and potentially harmful treatment, particularly with psychiatric medication, because that's all psychiatry does now is dish dish out drugs on behalf of their masters. And the big boys that run the big pharma industries are in cahoots with the big banking boys who also back psychiatry. And it says uh, the Stop the Insanity website, which publicizes the statement, also invites readers to sign a petition as calls on clinicians, researchers, journal editors, healthcare planners, managers, and commissioners, the pharmaceutical industry, forget that, and the media to avoid the use of DSM-5 wherever possible until these concerns have been resolved. And it gives a history uh, about the British Psychological Society expressing its own concerns about the DSM-5. Now, Next one article is about this. It says, Psychiatry's new normal. So understand that psychiatry has a different purpose. It's a political social engineering tool by those who know how to use it. It says, it says transgendered persons. The American Psychiatric Association drops gender identity disorder from its official classification of mental illnesses as a drive for acceptance of sex reassignment surgery advances. Now, in other words, you understand that psychiatry up until the 70s, it tried, at least it tried in some areas, to use empirical evidence and, and, and continuous studies on different categories of people to find out if there was such a thing as mental illness. If there was, all they could do is, is describe the signs and symptoms in order to give some kind of treatment. But in the 70s, the late 70s, the political agenda over, overdrove the empirical evidence and science and psychiatry failed to even pretend it was a science once it accepted political uh, orders from above. As it changed all, a lot of stuff that used to be considered abnormal, which changed all of society. And this goes along, too, with the Kinsey report and all the rest of it. I'll put up again uh, the woman who's, been, uh, who's got so much documentation on it. It's quite fantastic. I'll put her links up again tonight to let you see the farce of the so-called... Um, a big push of Kinsey, who you fudged all his reports again and was funded by the Rockefeller Foundation for doing it, or even had paid people to have sex with children, babies. Babies. In his studies. And got away with it too. Changed all the court system. Back with more after this break. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm back. We're cutting for the movies, talking about the big shake-up and new normals and so on and changes by law, uh, often used in the guise of science, which itself is caving in under under big lobby groups. So it's no science at all, obviously, if, if, if you just go for social acceptance in, in a particular science and disregard your own findings. What kind of science is that? It's nonsense. You're, you're right back to the Soviet era where they used psychiatry and so on uh, to control the people. And it says here, as I say, that this is to do with transgendered persons of the new normal, it says. And um, so they've dropped uh, identity disorder uh, from the DSM-5, the new uh, psychiatrist Bible that's a political social agenda now. It says, for previously a man who self-identified as a woman or vice versa could have been classified as mentally ill. Now the DSM-5 uses the term gender dysphoria, which means it's only a mental illness if you're troubled by the self-identification. Elated activists in the LGBT community, massively funded too, had lobbied the APA for years, for the change for years. And this month in Massachusetts, students, parents and teachers are reacting with concern to a recent policy document from State Commissioner of Education Mitchell Chester stating that public schools should be allowed to allow students to choose what bathrooms and locker rooms to use on the basis of their gender self-identification, not on their anatomy. The move follows on the heels of a federal judge's order last September that Massachusetts provide a sex change operation to a male prison inmate. The United Nations, too, weighed in on the issue recently when a General Assembly anti-discrimination resolution included gender identity on the same level as race, creed, religion and sexual orientation. Uh, but the Catholic, then goes on, but the Catholic Church continues to hold a very different understanding of the performance or the permanence of an individual's biological sexual identity. But regardless of what the Catholics say, I mean, uh, this was culturally the same in every country, non-Christians as well, for, for thousands of years, for, I guess, good reasons in a sense, because uh, it can allow other things to happen naturally in a sequence, uh, not just giving rights to a particular group. But, um, as I say, uh, it's used by the ones at the top who are using these rights for a different function altogether. Remember, the Frankfurt School said that that the Western society... Uh, was so disgusting to them altogether, because they came from a different culture, that they uh, would destroy it completely right down to, uh, you, 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 would, you would find that um, necrophilia would be, would, 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 even necrophilia getting pushed out as entertainment wouldn't be bad enough to destroy society, they'd go even further than that. Just putting together for you folks. This other article says um, the DSM Bible will add, add P. TSD, post-traumatic stress disorder for preschoolers, right? You understand, they said too, they'd remake humanity at the Frankfurt School. Remake humanity, grab them young. So here you are, folks. Everybody's fear game now. So children are going to get also diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder before they're four or five. It says, um, with a new Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the DSM-5 is published in May. A small section could alter the lives of millions of children, what's it to be the whole of the world, actually. The manual, a reference Bible for psychiatrists around the globe, will include pioneering guidelines to help doctors diagnose post-traumatic stress disorder in children under the age of six, according to two psychiatrists who worked on the draft. 
When the DSM was written 20 years ago, it was mainly written about adults, and field trials were all about adults, said Dr. Charles Zena, Junior Vice Chairman of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry at Tulane University. The problem was there was no children who were very severely traumatized but didn't meet criteria because they weren't included in the studies. Nobody knew what it looked like, so they go looking for it, right? Well, the Frank School gave them all this stuff, but they won't mention that here. It's about new details what PTSD looks like in young children, and, and it finds that treatment for these young sufferers can be effective. They want to drug everybody. The addition of a developmental subtype for any disorder is a first for the, the manual, which makes the expansion of the PTSD entry so exciting for researchers. We're all just little guinea pigs. This is what I hope will be the beginning of, of thinking of how different disorders manifest at different points in the lifespan, he said. And they go on and on and on about how wonderful this is and how they can diagnose you with anything at all. It says small children develop PDST at the same rate as adults. One in four, it says, and the number of potential sufferers is vast, says Dr. Judith Cohen, a psychiatry professor at Drexel University's College of Medicine. Because it's considered sexual abuse cases alone. A quarter of all girls and a sixth of all boys have been sexually abused. Again, no statistics. And about a, a third of those are preschool age, she, she said. That, that was just pull these things out the, out the air, you know. If we're talking about 25% who have PTSD, we're talking about a lot of children. A lot of money too, eh? Cohen told abcnews.com. And it says, and yet because existing DSM criteria doesn't apply to young children because of society's tendency to idealize children as resilient, preschoolers aren't getting the diagnosis they desperately need. So that the children are crying out for drugging, you see. You understand? This is how everything's put across in propaganda. You're in the Soviet if you don't get, don't know. You're really into the, the new, updated, perfected Soviet system. This article two uh, says, um, also, it's about PTSD, uh, and again, the same thing in post-traumatic stress disorder for children. I've got quite a few articles. I'll put them all up tonight. Another one, too, is um, the statement of concern about stop the insanity, uh, about the reliability, validity, and the safety of DSM-5. So, again, another um, thing you can put your name into if you're in the field at all uh, and try to get it stopped because it's just... it's. It's not science at all. This is a social agenda for social engineering, massive one. And now it's, they've been after this for about 80 years, at least, to get this power over the whole of society. And this was in the court system. It goes through government systems. It goes into the schooling system, the teaching school. And literally everybody, almost everybody's going to get diagnosed now with one thing or another, and drugged from birth. And that's the re-engineering of all society that the Frankfurt School wanted all along. And by the way, they weren't shy in telling you. They told you completely what they wanted. And also at the same time, it's all happened at the same time because I went past and pushed through the United Nations, and you know darn well all your countries have always signed this stuff. That's how it works. All laws come from the United Nations have for a long time. And the UN is a front set up by the Royal Institute of International Affairs, private foundation, private, not a public one, not democratic at all, neither is the United Nations, that sets up all the laws for all of you. You don't vote any of them in. But it says that children's rights referendum, if you don't know, then say no. Because Ireland, again, is also fighting back on this. They were the one of the last countries to get hammered with it. And they're fighting with it too, because they're right under the guise of rights of the child. See, the children are crying out for help, you understand? This is how it's, you understand this is the perfected, I've read so much from the Soviet system, this is what they used over there. And the same people, same people folk are running your countries now. With the same techniques. 
So in Ireland, once they, they, they put it through the rights of the child, then comes the next amendment, an amendment, an amendment. They know they got them all lined up before they pass the first one. This law is obviously put on the books, and you all sit quietly, and they say, oh my God, they put an amendment, they've changed everything. That's how they do it, folks. So I'll put this one up too tonight for those who are in Ireland and who want to sign their petition. And another one too, as I say in Britain too, so about three or four petitions here. But I mean, this is the end of society as you know it, where you'll have to literally train your children uh, to watch what they say or think and all the rest of it, or else not only will they get diagnosed, but they'll go for the parents as well. I guarantee you if they have any non-PC uh, opinions on anything at all, whatsoever. And they're constantly handing out all, in all these surveys in school to children what your parents talk about. What do they think on this topic and that topic? That's how they're getting it all. You are, if you don't know it, in the new Soviet. You've been there for quite a long time. And the Soviet is a cover for something else, by the way. It's up to you to find out. And Canada too has passed it uh, into law. You can't discriminate against them. But now you can define discrimination again into opinions and so on. You can't say, say anything at all. What are you supposed to do? Just just smile and say, that's wonderful? Um, wait, is, is that okay? I mean, they haven't told us what's okay yet to answer in response if you're asked any questions. That will come, though. And um, Canadian wants to say, it says that Parliament passes a transgender anti-discrimination law. And it says, uh, sponsored by New Democratic, they're, they're far left, uh, actually left of uh, Marx. It says, Democrats at uh, Randall Garrison, the measure was approved by a vote of 149 to 137, received support from key members of Canada's Conservative Party, which has had a dicey record on rights for the country's LGBT community once again. Now, who do you think funded and started up up this LGBT community, folks? It's big, big bucks, you know. It's not the little grassroots movement. They get external funding. They also get funding from the taxpayers and big foundations. Remember, too, I've told you about how you get funding as an non-governmental organization. It was set up by the United Nations for all the countries. And your tax money goes to, to groups who are for radical change. That's the only thing. You would approve for radical change. Exactly what the Frankfurt School advocated to destroy all existing uh, normals, old normals, traditional normals had been completely, utterly destroyed. Well, it's happened. What's next? What's next on the list, eh? You better start thinking, if you want to think at all. And it says today, new Democrats are proud to have contributed to ensuring equal protection against the law from discrimination and hatred, hatred, based on gender identity. You can't even have disgust or dislike or whatever. Said Garrison on Wednesday, transgender and transsexual citizens are amongst the, first, the most marginalized and often two victim, often victims of harassment and acts of violence. So, uh, there you go. Uh, it's what's next on the list. What's next on the list? And as you see, all the, the old normals are tossed out the window, and every group is being encouraged to ask for rights and demand rights and getting paid to do so to fund, you know, to, to push for them. Australia bust uh, another child sex abuse ring, it says. 21 people charged for using file-sharing networks that contained images of children being exploited, police say. Now, this is going to get worse and worse, is, because we've already I've read the articles here where pedophiles now are asking for the same rights as all the other ones have got rights in the last few years. After all, it's their, it's their preference to go for children, right? That's exactly the argument they're using. 
I've said it before, once you knock down a pillar that holds up the ceiling, uh, then the rest of them are all weakened, and they start falling down one after another. It's easy to knock the rest of them down. It's the, the first one It's the hardest. So police are sitting through, through thousands of images after executing search warrants on close to 40 premises. Police have shut down one of the largest six exploitation rings in Sydney, Australia, that was dealing in abhorrent and disgusting images. Well, eventually what's going to be abhorrent and disgusting? I mean, that's an opinion, isn't it? In this day and age, after the articles I've just been reading. 21 people aged between 22 and 76 from around the country were arrested and charged, the Australian Federation Police announced Friday. They had also identified one child aged under 10 who was known to one of the, those charged and who appeared in some of the material. Material seized can only be described as abhorrent and personally disgusting. That's their personal opinion, so I guess they might get charged for it, said Glenn McEwen, Cybercrime Operations Commander. The operations began in January, where a number of people were identified by the AFP using a file-sharing network that contained images of children of different ages being sexually abused. The, the police are now sitting through thousands of images with 26 hard drives found in one home alone after executing search warrants on close to 40 premises during the week. The network allowed those involved to access and download material from each other's computers. This is when you look at previous operations of similar activity. This is one of the largest, McEwen said. One of those arrested, a woman, uh, which police considered unusual for this type of crime, local media reported. If convicted, the suspects could face up to 15 years in prison, blah, 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 blah. It says the operation shows that the internet is not anonymous, and of course it's not. They've known from the beginning what's going on, and there's never been anything getting by them, believe you me. And that's why they promoted a lot of this stuff. And if, and if you're involved or choose to, to groom children online or be involved in the production, distribution, or access of online child abuse, you will be pursued, he said. So, and of course there's another article too that, uh, Facebook supposedly had a lot of stuff just come up the other day there too, shot a lot of people, and they've been known for years for doing this. But I, I often wonder, Actually, if um, Facebook's putting the stuff up themselves once in a while, because what they say about publicity, any publicity is good, folks. You think about it. Think about it. Because they already have their censorship things, instant censorship things on Facebook. How did that get up there? Well, just a thought. Also, too, another topic that no one really cares about. This is Guantanamo hunger strike is much bigger than reported the rights group uh, claims. This is a group of detainees. Well, it shows them all uh, going on strike and hunger strike and so on. But anyway, the campaign group representing some of the inmates at Guantanamo Bay said Thursday that a mass hunger strike currently taking place at the controversial prison camp is far larger than U.S. military authorities have admitted. Wednesday, General John Kelly told the Congressional Committee that 24 Guantanamo prisoners were on hunger strike light and eating a bit, but not a lot. It's a way of protesting about allegations that the Koran had been mishandled by military staff and also to highlight their continuing detention without trial. Well, that's going to be across the board uh, everywhere shortly, all that stuff, because they've passed all the laws so they can, they can grab anybody within their own countries and do the same thing. And getting back to new normals and all the rest of it too, it says hardcore and hardcore, this is an interesting article actually, it's, it's a bit of a trivia thing as it comes out, but it's also interesting in why it's in this book and, and what this book was put out for. Hardcore lesbian pornography is found in children's book called Otherworld, this is the book that was published for the Isle of Man charity. Well, I know that some of these islands here like the Jersey and Isle of Man have been up to a lot of strange stuff for years as you well know. A children's book published to raise money for charity has been withdrawn from sale after 22 pages of hardcore and lesbian porn were accidentally printed inside. How do you accidentally print that inside? Has this been a special edition for certain members, I wonder? Huh? Think about it, folks. 
says, but says other world by author Adrian Bailey has sold 3,000 copies since launched in 2011. According to the BBC, Bailey was contacted in January 2012 by a woman who had come across the explicit text and extracts from two erotic stories. Lesbian porn kids book. Well, that's how you groom children. You, the, the, you, you read them these, these kind of little sci-fi or, or, or what you call fairy stories. And then they start grooming them and then it comes the porn in, in amongst it. I mean, professional, uh, pedophiles know this stuff. That, and but this stuff is printed in books. A limited edition, you may, you might call it that within a, a massive edition that didn't have it in it. It's a limited bunch. That's going to be worth a lot of cash to the pedos. Anyway, here he sees a sincere apology from the U.S. printers was powerless to know how many other copies of his book contained the illicit material. It says, then last week another reader contacted him with the same problem, prompting the publisher to recall the book. Bailey said, I couldn't believe it. It was like feeling the feeling you get when you're about to have a crash. I feel I can no longer stand by while more copies are potentially out there. He reports in the Telegraph. So it makes you wonder what really, as I say, it's like a limited edition within a mass edition, isn't it? That's not an accident. How can you make that an accident, folks? Now, <laughs> that they're banning, by the way, uh, a lot of the big organizations that give you the, the other scientific data, and they use scientific data, again, all the studies that they will not print because the big pharma has more power than anybody else when it comes to the vaccine industry. And um, they're trying to force in Australia, for instance, uh, company uh, organizations that tell you about the deaths and so on and reactions to vaccines uh, that to, to use different terminology and their naming of them. And so on. So, so people won't get confused. Well, nobody gets confused unless they want to be. But here's an article here. It says, because this is, this is a fact as well. It says, the human papillova virus, they've been pushing this big time. Men on girls and so on. And there's been deaths and so on. It's now been confirmed about the deaths and the injuries because they're paying big court costs out and they're admitting it. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix. And I was talking about the, the, the HPV vaccine, for instance, for one instance, that they're admitting quietly by court cases and paying out to the injured or the, or the, the, the parents of dead children and so on after getting the HPV vaccine. But it says here, documents obtained by Judicial Watch revealed 200 claims filed with the HHS for HPV vaccine injuries and deaths. Uh, and they've already uh, compensated 49 people. They keep it quiet because they know there's a lot more folk out there that have had the same kind of things happen. But it announced today that it's received the documents from the Department of Health and Human Services revealing this National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program has awarded $5,877,710 to 49 victims and claims made against the highly controversial HPV uh, vaccines. To date, 200 claims have been filed with a VICP with barely half adjudicated, it says. The documents came in response February 28, 2013, Judicial Watch lawsuit against HSS to force departments to comply with November 1st, 2012, Judicial Watch Freedom of Information Act request. And so they've, they've, uh, they've applied. They didn't want to put out, the, the government didn't want to give out the information, but they had to because the request went in. It says only 49 of the 200 claims filed have been compensated for injury or death caused from the HPV vaccine. Of the 49 compensated claims, 47 were for injury caused from the vaccine, and additional two claims were for death caused due to the vaccine. That's what they said in court. 
So for all those who, who think everything's wonderful, they want to stick in you, you better think, folks. Because eventually you won't get any data at all except their new PC data, which is everything's good for you. Everything's good for you or else. Or they're going to shut you down if you complain about it. Again, you're mentally ill, mentally ill again. And they can uh, just give you forced, uh, forced medications, etc. And also... This article, too, is uh, about Mr. Biden. You know, that see, the new kings of socialism, they've always been the same. See, in the Soviet Union, they live like kings at the top in the Politburo. And by the way, it was intergenerational, uh, the Politburo members. Same with, the, with the, um, the KGB. Still is, by the way. It's the same families and their children go into over and over. Joe Biden runs up a bill of $585,000 for just one night in a five-star Paris hotel, and taxpayers will pick up the tab. So there's, welcome to socialism, folks. They really enjoy it at the top, and they're, they're doing awfully well about it. And also, um, an article, too, is to do with... Uh, they're telling us all the time, and we acquiesce by our silence, the U.S. plan calls for more scanning of private web traffic and emails. It's just a, it's just, it's just called repetition for reinforcement, so you get the point. There's no freedom, and you accept it. U.S. government is expanding cybersecurity program that scans internet traffic headed into and out of defense contractors to include far more of the country's private civilian-run infrastructure. I'll put that up, too. And also... The United Nations are trying to say um, they want to combine environmental and development goals. Again, the planned society, the planned future, the planned world. Old idea. It's all come into fruition. Nothing's by chance. Nothing's happening by itself today, folks. Nothing. Not one area of any agenda. written about a hundred years ago or more, some of them. So humans are transforming the planet in ways that could undermine any development gains, the paper warns, and degradation of the natural worlds, undermining efforts to reduce poverty, uh, warn scientists who say the only chance of achieving global prosperity, well, there are born liars, remember, you're not going to get prosperity. These guys also are pushing for austerity. <laughs> it's for all countries to combine poverty and environmental targets. So they've got global warming, environmental targets, and poverty all wrapped up together. And so all, all laws, all bills, all future plans for governments and radio and local is is to be combined totally as they bring you into their their sustainable society agenda 21 and of course who puts it through private institutions again folks private institutions from the foundations the parallel government and the United Nations that was put set up by them back with I mean sorry this is the end of the, the night it's been a, a fast rush from Hamish myself Ontario Canada it's good night may your God or your God school with you <laughs>